Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a weekly podcast about the Swift programming language and other projects at Swift.org. I'm Jesse Squires. And I'm JP Samard. And today we'd like to thank our sponsor, Instabug. Instabug is the simplest, but it's the most comprehensive bug reporting and in app feedback SDK. Uh, you should really try them out. We use them over at Lyft, and it's uh, really helpful to use. Um, so, for example, if you've ever built an app and you've had trouble getting uh, accurate feedback from your app app testers, if you've had uh, an inconsistent beta testing process, or if you've just wasted a lot of time debugging and trying to pin down how issues are happening instead of developing, then Instabug is a really helpful tool because they pair in-app feedback with a number of automatically detected um, pieces of data that you can then tie back to that piece of feedback. So it really combines both the automatic and the manual parts of the feedback so that you get all of that context all in one. It's just a single line of code if you want to integrate the SDK. uh, And they have over 20,000 companies that rely on Instabug. Uh, So Lyft is one of them, eBay, T-Mobile. They have a free plan, so you should really uh, have no excuse to get started. Uh, You should check them out. If you uh, sign up now, you can enter promo code UNWRAPPED2018 for a 20% discount on all the plans. Thanks to Instabug for sponsoring this episode. And uh, today we're going to talk about the the saga of escaping closures in Swift. Uh, there's a lot of history around this, uh, lots of behavior changes, um, language uh, syntax changes as well. Um, and then a recent post by Doug Greger about um, a bug when uh, bridging to Objective-C that just recently presented itself. But we'll get to, uh, to that in a minute. Um, first, we should probably go over what escaping means because um, I think it's still very widely uh, misunderstood. Um, but it's not an easy concept to... Uh, wrap your head around, especially if you're newer to programming or just newer uh, to the idea of passing functions around as like first class types. Yeah, and especially there's um, you know there are differences here too between uh, different kinds of closures, some behaving like functions and others uh, uh, not behaving like functions. <laughs> That's a little vague, but <laughs> right. we'll, we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Greg Keough has a great post on uh, Swift Unboxed about escaping and non-escaping closures. Um, So in uh, Swift 3, or let's see, prior to Swift 3, non-escaping, or wait, what was the default? The the default was for closures to escape. Yes. So yeah, prior to Swift 3, the default was escaping closures. And so you had to annotate your closures as at no escape. Right. To prevent the escaping. Yes. And then that spelling was changed to at escaping. um, And the default was to be non-escaping. So now if you want your (laughs) closures to escape, you have to mark them at escaping. 
So hopefully that clears everything up for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> clears day. Thanks, Justin. Uh, so what this means is, okay, say you have a function, you have a typical pattern in iOS programming is you have some kind of completion handler, it's a closure, and uh, you'll do some work and then you'll call that when you are finished. If that closure is called within the scope of that function and it's not retained, then it has not escaped. If you dispatch some work to uh, a queue and then you retain that closure or you capture that closure on that queue and execute it at some point later, um, then you have uh, that closure has escaped. So it's about the scope of the function uh, that receives the closure and whether or not that closure has been retained when the scope of that function is gone. Um, yeah. It, one way I, I like to think about it is that if the closure itself um, has side effects uh, that are deferred, so like if you were to run the closure again, um, you know, after the, the immediate execution, uh, then it is most likely escaping mm -hmm. um, in that uh, it is um, referencing things that are outside the closure um, that uh, may or may not be there by the time that it runs. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, if you had like a, a pure function, um, then that would not be an escaping closure. Right, and it takes input x and returns output y, and really just you know squares it or something. Right. Um, then that's that's not escaping. But if you're mutating uh, or even just reading um, kind of external memory uh, when that closure runs, then that is most likely escaping. Mm -hmm. And the Swift compiler will help you here. Yeah. Where if uh, you have a closure in Swift three days that was marked as no escape, and then you did try and perform these kind of side effects, uh, the compiler would warn you. And now that the defaults have flipped, since um, SE103 make non-escaping closures the default, um, which uh, has been the case since uh, Swift three, um, then if you have uh, a default closure which by default now they don't escape, and then you do perform these kind of side effects, the compiler will warn you. Yeah, um, and it's really, um, it's all about um, memory management, essentially. Like how, um, so closures are reference types, and um, we, have to, we have to be concerned with what those closures capture, um, but then the reference to the closure itself, does it need to stick around uh, or not. And um, in Doug's post here, um, this bug that came up is that you can pass a non-escaping closure uh, to Objective-C um, and then um, actually end up escaping that. So you have like the, the default behavior and swift of no escape, but when this gets bridged, uh, you can actually end up escaping that closure. Um, and what will happen is you'll get a bad access memory error because uh, that closure was 
not retained because it was implicitly non-escaping, which means it would be executed immediately within the scope of that function. But instead, uh, it was escaped. And so then when you go to execute that closure or uh, reference it in some way, you end up accessing you know, bad memory. Yeah, and this is um, partly a problem with the Objective-C bridging tooling in that uh, if you were to look at the automatically generated header for, say, uh, a protocol that uh, was was implementing this, it would automatically insert the macro Swift underscore no escape. So when you're when when the Swift compiler generates a bunch of these um, these bridging headers, it has a ton of these little macros that it uses in order to better bridge things on on the Swift side to the Objective C side, and so you know if you were going to use that, then um, and then you just kind of copied uh, the declaration definition from that when you were implementing your function, then you could um, you would automatically get this uh, because that that basically bridges to the clang attribute of not escaping. Um, but if you're writing your Objective-C code yourself that's conforming to this implicitly no escape uh, Objective-C protocol defined in Swift, um, then right. you're you're opening yourself up for, for mistakes. Yeah, potential bugs that will just uh, go unnoticed. This really speaks to the all the complexities of this bridging. You know, honestly, it's pretty pretty magical that it really does work pretty well most of the time, and it's pretty transparent, I think, to users. I mean, there's there's certainly been a number of like bridging bugs over the the past couple of years, but largely, uh, just being able to do that, it's been pretty seamless. Yeah, there's definitely been a massive amount of work um, to to help do this bridging, but it's not without. Uh, it's it, it is really quite fragile if you do try to do anything uh, custom within that. Sure. Um, you know, it really offers no safety when it comes to this bridging, and and this is one example. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you're doing anything with the Objective C runtime, then like everything's out the window. You know, yeah. n- none of that safety applies. Um, Right. And if you look back through SE proposals, you'll see there's been a lot about um, bridging uh, and improving that interop between Swift uh, and Objective-C. Which is funny because, you know, over time, this will probably perhaps, I don't know, maybe not, but it seems like it might be less and less critical as people use more and more Swift uh, to write their apps, for example. Yeah, and yeah. then this bridging is more important for library maintainers or Apple themselves with their frameworks than it is for end users doing their own things in a mixed language setting. Right. Um, so as things get more stable, people will use it less and less. Right. Uh, except at the like foundational level where you really need things to be super solid. But those have been pretty good actually so far because um, – you know, that's that's entirely in Apple land. So like they make sure to get things working before. Right. Or in in theory anyway, before yeah. shipping it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh throwing some shade there. <laughs> uh so the reason this didn't come up earlier was that uh the Swift compiler actually didn't treat these closures any differently uh before. And so whether things were marked as no escape or escaping 
code wouldn't break because the compiler treated them the same. Uh, but now, Doug says on master, the compiler will optim- optimize away uh, reference count traffic for no escape closures. So like what we were saying earlier, um, if your closure doesn't ex- escape, that means you don't need to retain it outside of the scope of the function that receives that closure parameter. Um, so these new optimizations uh, avoid a- an extra retain and release there. And that has, and that's what has caused this this bug to manifest now. Yeah, there is one exception with with current master um, where if you use the uh, the top level function without actually escaping, that's that's the name of the function, um, and then you pass in your block or your function to that without actually escaping, um, then that does a runtime check to make sure that the escaping closure that you passed it um, or or the no escape closure that you passed it and then you're calling an escaping closure within it, uh, that it doesn't escape at runtime. And so one of the potential solutions to this problem here is to just um, implicitly always use without actually escaping whenever we whenever Swift calls an at obshi API from within Swift. That way it would do at least this runtime check to make sure that uh, that they're addressing this bug. Right. Uh, although it seems like that's not going to completely prevent uh, the runtime failure, but um, uh, Doug says that this will make the runtime failure deterministic um, and the problems will be easier to spot. Well, it'll be like so, a runtime check. It'll yeah. be like um, like hitting an uh, NS exception for misusing any you know foundation APIs, basically. Right, got it, okay. Right, so you're not corrupting memory, um, but you know if you're not, but, but it yeah. will crash, right? Right, rather than just pummeling over some random memory. Uh, right, you which get... might go unnoticed for a while, right? Right. If if this happens in your local development, you don't see any side effects right away, you ship it, um, then your users just have, you know, maybe 5% of them get a weird behavior when they're yeah. hitting this code path. Right? And then you get some obscure stack trace or uh, bug report. And, and then, then thanks to Instabug, you can go in and... <laughs> Right. Oh no! Wait, they sponsored last week's episode. But anyway, <laughs> still a good tool. Yeah. Uh, so there's a uh, another potential solution to this that that Doug proposes, um, and he also says these are not mutually exclusive. So that you know both of these things could be done. Um, so the second one is having a warning about non-escaping closure parameters in at obc entry points. Um, so in this case where we have this like obviously Swift protocol that has a um, non-escaping closure parameter, uh, you'd get a warning. Um, and you can optionally fix that warning by adding at escaping. Right. Um, so then you just annotate everything that interacts with obshi is at escaping just to be safe because you, you never know. Right. Um, yeah, it seems suboptimal because um, there are certainly some Objective-C APIs that are properly annotated and that you know, people have gone through great lengths to make sure that 
you know, it, it, that it's uh, respecting this properly. So it'd be a shame to lose out on that. Yeah. So it's a potential performance downside to always have something marked as escaping if it doesn't need to be. Right. Uh, but that's better than crashing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, or there's, also, there's also a runtime hit when doing the without actually escaping because there's this uh, mm. this runtime check. Right. So both of these have runtime implications. Now, there's a third solution that was uh, brought up in the uh, Swift forums by Timothy Wood, who um, just proposed making, if you're implementing uh, this in Objective-C and you don't add the NS underscore no escape or the Swift underscore no escape or the uh, Clang attribute um, of no escape, then uh, you'd get a compiler warning saying that... um, uh, that uh, it doesn't conform to the protocol. Yeah, and I think that is uh, potentially an even nicer solution. Doug replied that he thinks this is probably the least invasive uh, warning uh, that that they could produce um, to warn developers of, of this issue. Um, that seems pretty reasonable to me. It seems like you have all the information you need to produce these warnings and um, seems very straightforward to apply fix it. Now, within the implementation, there's nothing that would stop you from actually misusing that. Um, so, for example, passing something that uh, is no escape and then using it as uh, an escaping or passing it to an escaping function. Um, but, I mean, you can do that today. You could always do this. This is part of the you know leaky guarantees um, in in Objective C, and so you know, there's this wouldn't introduce new regressions, at least. Right. Yes, because unlike Swift, you don't have that compiler analysis to tell you in Objective C that you're doing something wrong. You do have yeah. it for some things, but sure. but not for this, right? Like for example, some some attributes like nullability annotations, the the yep. compiler will um, not at not at um, I mean, these are like synthetic uh, compilation warnings. Yeah, where just like static analysis. Yeah, right? it's more static analysis where like things will still compile and it won't affect how the the uh, the code is emitted or compiled. But if you try to set you know something that shouldn't be nil to nil, yeah, or you pass nil to something that isn't nullable, then the compiler will warn you there, and maybe Clang can Clang can gain a compiler. Uh, analysis pass where it can catch these in the future, but for now we don't have it. Yeah. Uh, although the nullability annotations are like comically easy to uh, get around right. uh, to trick the compiler. Uh, you know, if you have a, a method that receives a non-null parameter, um, if you just pull out, if you have like a local var, say like in a string uh, S equals nil, and then you pass S to that, it'll it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. You can't pass a nil literal, which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very easy just to <laughs> uh, to get around it in a lot of ways. Yeah, I've, I've abused of this in the past, <clears throat> writing unit tests for things that um, uh, even with the nullability annotations, I wanted to make sure that uh, they were properly handling the nil parameter case. Yeah. And so I just, in my unit test, I had like uh, a single getter that was a, something like a uh, non-literal nil. 
and then that was just returning nil, but it you know wasn't saying that it was nil. Right. And so I was just passing that to all all over, and like that was trivial to bypass these checks. Yeah. Um. But again, that's that's some of the leaky or or surface level checks that we get in Objective C. Yeah. And you know, it's all just because Objective C doesn't have all of that type information uh, that Swift has. Right. Um. I guess the last thing to mention about uh, closures is uh, that optional closures are special. Yeah, um, I actually just found out about this yesterday when I was writing some code. And um, in code review, someone proposed that uh, I that, that we make a completion block um, optional, um, which made sense in this context. And so. I'm like, okay. And this was already escaping because it was being run as the result. It was marked as at escaping because it was being passed as the result of an API call. Um, and so I just um, I just went ahead and made it optional and then immediately got a compiler saying closure is already escaping in optional type argument. Escaping, at escaping attribute only applies to function types. And this is this loops back to the beginning of the show where we said that closures sometimes behave like functions, sometimes behave like their own closure-like things. And this is one case where um, apparently optional uh, closures are uh, implicitly escaping. Yes, and cannot be annotated as such. They're always escaping. Right. Yeah. Which also means you know if you're um, if you're just like uh, assigning to a local closure. You can't you can't mark it either, right? Yeah. This has to be for like parameter types, basically. Yeah, exactly. Now I don't know what the rationale behind, um, or, or what what the reason why uh, there's this difference and why optional closures are impl- are already escaping. Um, I I can't really think of why that would be the case, but there you have it. Yeah, so I did know this, uh, but it's not something I think about very much until I actually run into it uh, while writing code. Um, But it is uh, a strange sort of inconsistency. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Yeah, I'm sure it's a Uh, good reason, too. Um, It's just... You know the the rash uh, the rationale or the motivation or the underlying reason isn't shared in this compiler, and you wouldn't want it to be shared. But I just find it puzzling. Right. Uh, yeah. I I also uh, just want to say one thing. Doug refers to this as a foot gun. Uh, they that they yeah. found something uh, a bit of a foot gun with in Swift with non-escaping closures. And it's the first time that I was really hearing this term, so I looked it up. Uh, according to Wiktionary, which is a, also a thing, um, the term footgun is a noun, plural footguns, uh, which is any feature whose addition to a product results in the user shitting themselves in the foot. Yeah. So it's a beautiful <laughs> term. I'm going to start using it for everything now. Right. I think Objective-C has a lot of footguns, I think. Right. It's yeah. a footgun-driven development. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh you know, over the the course of Swift evolution, I think a lot of foot guns have been elim- eliminated from the the language. Yeah, and we've put them so, all in the bike shed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's all we have for today. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find the show on Twitter at Swift underscore Unwrapped. You can find me at Jesse underscore Squires. You can find me on Twitter at SimJP. And uh, if you like the show, please do leave a review on iTunes. And again, thanks to Instabug for sponsoring this episode. You can sign up now for free plan and enter promo code Unwrapped 2018 for a 20% discount on all their plans. Thanks for listening.